0: Hello, and welcome to the Consistent Profits Podcast, brought to you by Inside Out Trading and Brian McAvoy, where the focus is on consistency, because when you have the consistent part down, profits become easy. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Consistent Profits Podcast. This is brought to you by Brian McAvoy. That would be me of Inside Out Trading. Uh, today, I'm really excited to be inter- uh, interviewing Phil Newton of Antivestor. Thanks so much be- for being on the podcast today, Phil.
1: Thanks for
0: having me. Now, Phil runs a- the site Antivestor, but uh, he started out hand-drawing charts in the mid-90s as a way to learn about the markets and put into practice what he was reading about in the textbooks. 2001, he went into full-time trading at a prop shop, but that came to an abrupt end after major health issues, and he was finally diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which nearly killed him. Uh, On January 2003, while still in recovery, he started trading his own accounts and managed to turn a 1,000 pounds into 92,549 and change change in around eight months. Now he trades stocks, options, and index futures using a variety of mechanical rule-based trading systems, which he also teaches to small groups of uh, serious traders who want to get results without being glued to the computer screen all day. Uh, he's very focused on systematizing and automating his trade so he can spend more time enjoying life, which is awesome. Again, thanks for being here, man. Again, thanks for having me.
1: It's always a pleasure to try and kind of spread the word that I think there's there's so many different ways of trading and they're all right. So it's always nice to get a different perspective on the markets. And sometimes it will resonate with people and other times it won't. So you know, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, indeed. So so I, I got to ask, just because it's it's pretty cool sounding and it's different. How'd you come up with the name Antifester anyway?
1: Well, originally my st- uh, site was called trading-strategies.info back in the <laughs> early noughties because it was an information thing. It was uh, an information site made sense and I, I, I wanted to rebrand it, but I, I like to think that I do things in a slightly different way. So I was always like, I'm anti-investing. i the not necessarily the anti-trader. I'm not necessarily a contrarian thinker in that regard, but I'm just, i just I just don't agree with investing in the traditional sense and then eventually just percolating that over. It was like oh, anti investor made sense to me. So uh, eventually I, I did a rebrand and got a dot com and joins the um joined the dot com boom about 15 years too late. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that's very cool. Now, in and, and reading your story, you 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 got interested in stock trading like way back in high school before you were even of like legal age to start trading. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah. So when I was about 15, uh, I went to a neighbor's house running errands and he was on the phone talking to what I now know is his broker. He was talking about gold and buy this and sell that. And it was an in-depth conversation, which I was privy to part, part of that conversation. It just intrigued me. And I asked him you know, what was all that about? And he said, oh, I'll buy and sell and that's how he, he makes his money and that's what he was doing. Um, And it, it just fascinated me, just everything that was going on. And he basically told me, he said like anyone can play the game of the stock market as long as you've got money to kind of buy into it or open a brokerage account. And coming from quite a poor background and upbringing, that fascinated me that anyone could participate in what was perceivably or perceived by most people as an exclusive club. So I asked him to, to to teach me, and he said no. <laughs> and it was the best. I, I was a bit pissed off, to say the least. But that was the best thing he could have done for him, because then it set about my own journey of trying to find out what was working for me. Because as we said a moment ago, there's so many ways of trading, and I suppose that the hardest thing is finding your path to, you know, to to consistent trading.
0: Mm-hmm. So oh, that's yeah. what it's about with me. Yeah, indeed. Well, so you get you get busy like right after you turned eighteen. At what point did it actually turn into an occupation for you, though?
1: It didn't until about 2001. Like most people, you're kind of scared of committing to something new and unknown. Um, And I didn't realize that there was other people doing this. And kind of when I was learning and coming up in the ranks of trying to make it work, there was no internet, certainly not in the UK in the same level that it is now. So there was no one to ask, no one to turn to. I thought I was the only person that was trading the markets, you know, like most people. But about 2000, 2001, the internet became a thing. Um, In the UK, spread bet companies started to come about. Um, So it just allowed easier access to the markets. Uh, Forex started to become a thing as well. Um, again, it just opened it up to the the retail trader en masse because there was a lot of online brokerages. So it, it became a lot easier. There was a lot of prop shops starting to come about at the time, but that's where I went to to work for. I was actually just finishing second degree at university and I bumped into a guy at one of the airports that I had a part-time job at and they were at the the helicopter center and he had a a prop shop essentially, and he invited me down. I had an interest in trading, and he gave me a seat on his on his desk there. So that was where I spent. I ran about eight or nine months before I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and then I, I was forced into trading my own accounts, and I was housebound for you know almost three years. So I had to make it work. I had no choice. So just trying to, kind of make that leap of faith and trade my own money it was the decision was taken away from me i was forced into doing it because like everyone i've got food to buy i've got bills to pay i've got money to make and i couldn't from then onwards work a traditional job so that trade your own money was was a decision that was forced upon me to make it work I had the skill set that i was using elsewhere and there was no reason for me not to try and do it with my own money and um, you know, proved it myself for myself over the next eight months that hey, maybe I've got something that works. I made a lot of mistakes like most people early on, but the markets were quite forgiving back then, where you could drop it in the morning and make it back in the afternoon, or vice versa. You know, you have this opportunity to make a uh, reasonably good money in a very short space of time.
0: Hmm. Very cool. Now you started in <clears throat> you started in stocks, but then later- I actually started in.
1: Sorry, the first. Sorry, just to correct you, the first trade I placed was in stocks, or a stock company called Waterfall. But then I went on to futures at the prop shop, and then I was essentially trading futures initially, and then I got into currencies in a really weird way. I spent twelve years trading currencies. Sorry to uh, to interrupt you, but it was someone. I looked on the phone to a friend who was also a trader at the time, and he said, "Do you trade currencies?" And I said, "No," and he said, "You should." So the next day I got a data feed for it, and that was how I got into currencies. It was just a, a, a random conversation, and, and I remember mm-hmm. it to this day, so I stopped trading uh, futures because it was a 24-hour market, so I could kind of pick and choose when I wanted to trade because for Crohn's disease is, and it was for me back then quite dramatic in that I, I get tired quite a lot. I get fatigued, so although it's not active for me right now, I do get tired, on a regular basis so it just allowed me to go okay i've got an hour where i'm feeling good now and there's somewhere somewhere around the world some currency that's moving and it just allowed me that opportunity to trade around my lifestyle in my case my illness at the time so but that's what it allowed me to do the currency markets
0: gotcha now when you were doing the currency trading though you you were day trading that correct
1: Yeah, essentially, yeah. It was day trading, short-term swing trading, maybe lasting one to three days. So that was what I was primarily focused on back then.
0: Okay. Now, is that how you were trading the futures or did you make a shift when you switched to currencies?
1: I'm actually trading probably the same way that I did now back then, only I've got more rules in place that allow me to systematize and almost automate what I do but I'm essentially trading the same strategies that I did back then it's it, it uh, <laughs> there's no, there's no revel- revelation behind trading you know when you find something that works you've just got to stick to it and keep doing it over and over and over again I think the mistake a lot of traders make is they get something that works and then get bored and then decide to do something different <laughs> and it ends up a catastrophe very very quickly and it, it's it's just doing that same thing over and over again. I, I, for all intents and purposes, one of the patterns that I like to trade is breakouts, find consolidations, trade breakouts. And I did that. I just traded that one pattern for 12 years on currencies. Wow. And it, it, it's it, it's very, very profitable. I do something very similar now on index futures, I do something very similar now on stocks. And it's just one of the tools that's in the the arsenal of things that I like to trade.
0: Okay. Well, so along with breakouts, what, what other strategies do you like?
1: Breakouts. So th- there's three market conditions, which hopefully I'll answer your question. Markets can be going up, they can be going down, they can be on sideways. So I like to trade the trend, buy the dips, sell the rallies. So up and down, they're the, the two uh, most mechanical versions of what I do uh, using a combination of moving averages to determine direction and find uh, value areas around the moving averages. I use them more of a, a guideline rather than focus on the crossovers. Um, and then we've got ranges, so we can trade the breakouts bullish breakout bearish breakouts and then if price is in a range if it's sufficiently tall or or it has a a good depth then i can trade the range and trade reversals off the range lows to the range highs and vice versa so they're the 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 six patterns that i like to trade the the two that are left are counter trend it just doesn't agree with my personality trading against the grain so i generally don't do it but they're the, the broadly speaking the six things that i like to do about I'd say 85, 90% of the time I'm buying dips and selling rallies. It is the most mechanical way I can trade. And wherever possible, I'll default to you know, trading the trend because I hate that uncertainty. You know, One of the things that we all go through when we start out, and I was an especially emotional trader starting out, I want to try and remove the indecision, the hesitation, the should I be, should I be in this? Is this the right time? Where's my entry? Where's my stop loss? Where's my target? You know, all those things that we always ask ourselves: is this the right stock? Is this the right opportunity? Is it the right time? And I just wanted to get rid of those nuances that though the the devil and the angel on your shoulder constantly fighting that having that conversation. Is it the right time? If it's not going up, it must be going down, and vice versa. You know, I just wanted to get rid of all of that. So I ended up focusing on trying to systematize my own system. So again, most of the time I'm buying dips and selling rallies and I use moving averages as a framework to mechanize that decision-making process. You know, when all the averages are stacked on top of each other, the, the 200, the 50 and the 20, for example, and when they're th- all, all those three are stacked on top of each other, I'm bullish. I'm only looking for bullish trades. When price comes between the moving averages, that's my buy zone essentially. So when it goes back above, Three moving averages, I'll get positions, and you know, the back of the envelope version is that that is as simple as I make it. So, it does a little bit more to it to make it mechanical, but it allows me to automate those decisions. And again, I can get all the fancy performance reports that the software provides you to say, Hey, you know, is this a good stock or time frame or index for this style of trading? The trading the trend. And I can get a 20-year history of saying, yeah, it, it looks good. We've got a nice equity curve, great. There's no reason for me not to trade this. Then the second part of after that, you know, we've got the system that's working is to, to be consistent and just trade that instrument constantly or the time frame constantly, day in, day out. You know, the whole thing that that I realized was consistency. The only way that you're gonna make it work is to is to just find three or four things to trade and just just trade the shit out of them and, and just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: speaking of consistency, you know, what, yeah. what do you consider are like the main obstacles that traders run into? Because I mean, consistency is that's that's like everybody's challenge. So, what do yeah. you consider probably like the top, you know, few obstacles that people run into as far as consistency?
1: I think jumping around from indicator to indicator, tool to tool, market to market, time frame to time frame. I, like I, I'm a one time frame trader. I don't do top down analysis. Just because it was written, you know, 50 years ago in a textbook by a cycle, it doesn't mean that it's a good method. It works for some people. It doesn't work for me because, as you know, you're laughing because you you obviously have some (laughs) similar viewpoints. You know, you can see opposing viewpoints. If you go from a monthly to a daily, there's two different directions can be happening and that causes confusion. So I'm just trying to I'm just trying to eliminate confusion. Um, so I generally one time frame so it's one time frame one indicator or one tool to support it and I only use indicators and um, because it allows me to clinically say this is an event that has happened it allows me a binary decision price has, Moved past or to or touched a moving and average, and again, we could be talking about any tool, any the, the tool doesn't matter. If we were talking five years ago, we would have been talking about Bollinger Bands it was doing exactly the same thing, but just through the lens of a Bollinger Band. That right. the tool doesn't make the trading opportunities; it's just how we approach it. So it's one time frame, one tool. And, you know, one setup, you know, in this case, buy the dip and sell the rallies, it's trading the trend. So the on averages allow me to identify uh, a trending environment, and then I can buy the dip. And that's the bit that people forget is people want to buy the dip, but they forget to look for the trend first. So, just recognize. So, again, the moving averages allow me to recognize the market conditions. (laughs) Uh, And similarly, it tells me when not to use them. So, if we have multiple crosses in those moving averages, it says, yeah, you know what? Now's not really the right time to focus on trending tools because the market conditions are not favorable. So, maybe I just press pause, draw a big box around the whole area where I've got these multiple crosses, and then you know, wait, wait for the breakouts. Or, you know, if, if the, the range is definable in a, a robust fashion, then maybe I can trade the range as an optional extra. Again, I've got choices depending on how we interpret the chart again, all through that lens of the move on averages. Right.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Now, so you were trading Forex for a while, but you're back to stocks now, correct? Yes. Okay. So, so why did you make that shift? How, how, what happened? That they lost their appeal. I found that currency market, the back in sort
1: of two thousand three, two thousand four, the the currency, the, the currency markets are very easy. Um, in fairness, it was you would have an Asian range, in the UK trading session, there'd be a breakouts. It would move an average day's move by around 10 o'clock in the UK morning. There'd be a retracement over lunchtime into the early US session. You could buy the 50% retracements, and it'd retest the high by four, You know, by lunchtime in the US. And that's pretty much how the day went three times a week. It's an absolute minimum. And maybe there'll be a little, little bit of nonsense. So looking back on it, I, I wish I'd realized it at the time, but it was very easy by comparison to the market condition now. So I just found that the market conditions went very sloppy, very messy. They became directionless. It became more difficult to apply the same setups. And I also found that the range of movements uh, on an intraday basis, and on an intra-week basis for that matter, was just getting smaller and smaller. And I appreciate you can increase your position size, but just psychologically, I just couldn't wrap my head around. I'm trading you know, small movements where I'm used to, you know, four or five times the size of movements. And again, I, I know I can increase the position size, but just psychologically, it just didn't, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it at the time. Also, the the requirements for margin in 2009 changed for options. You didn't need the same requirements as what you did. You know, there's no margin requirements. They basically eliminated them. So as a buyer of options, you know, if the price of the option was $500, that was all it was going to cost me, $500. So it just allowed me the opportunity to, do the same strategies in stocks, but use options as the vehicle to profit from directional movements as an alternative to trading stock. And it allowed me to, instead of trading one or two things and having most of my capital tied up in margin. So then go, you know, now I can trade a portfolio of stocks, you know, 10, 15, 20 stocks for the same, and you know allocation of funds if you like it was just a smarter way of trading all of a sudden so it it was a combination of things that all happened at the same time you know and i can just put my capital to better use over you know multiple occurrences again i'm a big fan of portfolio trading either a portfolio of stocks so for example on the on the swing trade side of things what, what i'm doing with daily charts is i have 25 stocks that's it that's all i'm looking at so I just want to trade those setups consistently on those 25 stocks regularly, consistently to get paid at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter. And then a similar process is used for 60 minute time frame. So I can get paid at the end of the week or the end of the month with shorter time frames. And then the day trade stuff that I do, I can get paid at the end of the day. Um, or maybe I'll hold them overnight, depending on how the 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 strategy unfolds for the timeframes that I'm trading. So it just allows me to deploy multiple strategies, multiple trading occurrences and, you know, focus my attention again. And all of this can be done in, you know, 60 to 90 minutes at the start of the day for me because I don't need to be at the computer all day, every day, flicking through chart after chart. There's it's like the 25 things in my universe. Mm -hmm. To be fair, there's about 35. You know, when I look at index futures and a few other things, because I'm trading multiple instruments as well. um, And it's a very simple process to follow. Just buy the dip, sell the rallies. If there's a range, step aside or trade the range, wait for the breakouts. It's a very clinical decision because everything is as defined as I can make it so that I'm not thinking. And again, the main motivation is I've got Crohn's disease. I get brain fog quite regularly. I'm ill on a regular basis. In my case, it's not active as I mentioned but I have permanent mild symptoms in my case. So it's just one of the things that I have to get used to. So the trading reflects or the way that I trade reflects the life that I want to live or the life that I have to live in fairness. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not well, it just allows me to go, Okay, there's my 60 minutes or 30 minutes or even 10 minutes. You know, you can be done quite quickly some days, put the trades on or not, as the case may be, and go and do something else. And obviously when I am well, because obviously I'm not ill all the time, it's just from time to time these days, thankfully, it just allows me to have a life around doing other things. I can go to the zoo, go hiking. I'm not interested in the the Fed announcements, the news announcements. I can just spend all the time doing other things without having to you know be a full-time trader from an hours and time committed point of view yeah
0: well now as far as so are you so you have if i understand you correctly so you have kind of a set and forget system if you can just trade you know you know matter of minutes a day right, so are sorry selling options or are you buying options
1: i'm buying options buying options so i'm I'm using stock sorry i'm using options as an alternative to buying stock because the capital requirements are significantly less oh, true. which means yeah. So which means, you know, if if the option is going to cost $500, for example, then that's all it costs me as a buyer. You know, my risk is defined by $500. My margin requirement is $500. You've got this. I, I tend to use the full price, the premium as a built in stop loss. So we don't need to monitor the exits like there's my entry by the strike buy sufficient time you know, on the more time that I'll I'll practically need to make the trade work or to see if it's going to work. But if it's not going to work, instead of being stopped out, I generally just let it expire. I've got till expiration to manage it better, either to get a reduced risk or get out at break even or, you know, sometimes you just, you know, the entry is the least important part. (laughs) We all know that, you know, you can toss coins. It's the exit that matters. So rather than focus all my energy on being stopped out or where shall I get out if I'm wrong? Well, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to time my entry. I've let go of that a long time ago. I've got the entry setups. As long as directionally I'm right, I've got enough time. For example, on the, the daily swings, I've got 150 days minimum to be right. I only plan, if I'm right, I'm only planning to be in it for about 30 days, 20, 30 days, the end of the month, essentially. Um, but I've got 150 days to figure it out if it's not going right, if it's underwater. And I've seen so many trades turn around just because I missed time the trade by, you know, maybe five, 10, sometimes 15 days. And you know, when you're wrong, you're always wrong. You know, it doesn't matter where the entry was, it's always going to get stopped. It's always going to be. so rather than worry about where the entry was and where to get out from wrong, I just want to focus my energies on when or if I'm right. Where am I going to take profits? And that, it, it's such a freeing and liberating feeling to not worry about being, what well, if I'm wrong? Well, it doesn't matter anymore. It's just like, when I'm right, I can manage it better. And if I'm wrong, I've got the opportunity to fix it. And to be fair, I've just had that with a couple of trades. Uh, AMAT, A-M-A-T, you know, that's one of the, the, the stocks that I had to trade. It, it was a, a buy the dip opportunity. It went sideways for, you know, one and a half, two months. I think it's AMAT, let me just double check it. It went sideways. So I got in in March on a buy the dip, classic sort of moving average crossover. It came back to the 50p moving average. So in from around $120, it went sideways for a month and a half. It, started to, it just took too long to get there. So I can get out at break even, mm-hmm. small profits and reposition. And now it's starting to move slowly still, but it's still moving favorably. But it was underwater for a month and a half. Well, if you're stopped out in that traditional sense with stock, firstly, you're locking up your capital. Secondly, you've appreciated the loss. Well, I've got till expiration to figure it out. Well, in this, or manage it better, as I like to say, in this case, it eventually moved favorably. I've avoided being stopped out. I don't have to worry about a re-entry. And everything worked out fine. And again, if I'm wrong, it's always going to be wrong. But because I've got that trade and I've got till expiration, to see if it's going to turn around, to to try and manage it more effectively. I also have a rule where I don't take another trade until that one's been managed. So it forces me to not overtrade that stock, especially if it's sloppy and it's going up and down and yo-yoing back and forth until that range is perhaps confirmed. It just forces me to sit on the sidelines. This trade has got till expiration to be managed more effectively. I can't manage it effectively. I don't close a trade for a monetary loss. I want to try and get out at break even or better. And it just forced me to go, you know, what, just sit on the sidelines. Wait, wait, wait. OK, it's not worked. It expires worthless. And that's when I take my loss. So the worst part about the way I trade, whether it's the, the, the daily swings, the weekly swings, you know, the same process is used even with the day trades. I generally close the day trades, obviously, at the end of the day, take whatever's there or not, as the case may be. But it just forces me not to overtrade in less than ideal market condition. And I find that that works. So I end up focusing all my energies on if I'm right, you know, the hardest decision I have is should I take the, when should I take the profits? You know, it's like, that's the best, it, because the losses are going to, they're going to roll off on expiration. They I've already accounted for that. So the worst part about it is you're holding the losses until expiration. Again, a lot of my students tend to, it's a little bit of a mental gear change to work the head around that. But when they get used to it, it's such a liberating feeling to not worry about, well, what if I'm wrong? Well, it doesn't matter anymore. You're just trying to figure out how can I manage this trade more effectively?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, so how did you wind up helping other traders anyway? Pardon? How did you wind up helping other traders? Um, pr- probably like most people. You, you. In my case, it was kind of pre-social
1: media. It, we were on forums back then. Trades of Win, I think one of your past guests, John Foreman, was was on there Uh, that that's kind of like how we met but you just start posting stuff and you're getting involved in the community on public forums and you post stuff and um you you realize that you're one of the anomalies that you're actually making this work and the other ten thousand people are not (laughs) but you just start getting private messages saying, hey, can you show me what to do? And, you know, it, it just kind of snowballs from there. Eventually, you know, people just started saying, you know, can you, you show me? Can you put some time aside? Can you train me? I'll pay you. Oh, people will pay me, will you? You know, and that's where it came from. It And I found that I really enjoyed helping other traders and get a leg up. I had something that was working. Because of the way that I try and approach my own trading, and try and back then it was a little bit more discretionary than what it is right now, but try and systematize what I'm doing. Certain things have to happen. It was always going to be if this, you know, series of things has happened, then I'm going to take action. So it was always like a checklist, like like a pilot has a pre flight checklist, and that was attractive to quite a large number of people who were either brand new or very busy people where they couldn't spend hours analyzing stock charts for whatever divination they were looking for. So it, it just progressed from there. Uh, and then over the years of, again, trying to answer my own question, how do I make this more mechanical? How do I take the discretion out of my own trading? And then it just firms up the strategies uh, and the process that we use. So you know, these days, it's it's a very methodical, very mechanical Uh, process for the, the two primary strategies that I like. And again, it's attractive to quite a number of people because it means that, you know, to answer my own question, how can I do this in the least amount of time possible and still get the rewards from trading? It means that people can do it around the work. They can check in at lunchtime. They can check in at breakfast. If they've got a bit more time to look at the lower time frame stuff, you can check in. Again, one of the strategies I have with futures trading is you check in at 10 o'clock and you either have a setup or you don't. It's either there or not. It's a binary decision. And if yes, you place the trade. And if no, you come back tomorrow. So a lot of people find that quite attractive because that's what i want for me i don't i just want to know do i have anything to do right now if yes please try. if no come back tomorrow so again everything could be done and if you want to trade everything if you've got a little bit more time it's going to take you 30 to 60 minutes and maybe when you're learning it'll take you an hour and a half two hours if you've got the morning and um, you can get everything you need done done in a very short space of time and again when you get used to like with anything when you get used to any process you can condense that down into you know 20-30 minutes you know should you choose to Again, like learning how to drive. When, you remember when you learned how to drive, it took you a long time to figure it out and to not look down when you were changing gears or change, doing the, the indicators and pressing all the, the foot pedals. You know, Eventually, when you get a little bit of practice at some basic uh, maneuvers, driving becomes very, very easy. And that's how I compare what I do. I mean, I, I often refer to what I do as a, a production line process because like you're in a factory, the decisions that you make are going along the production line. And if you get a, a no on any of those decisions, you you flick the trade off into the reject bin. Eventually, what we want to do is you want to get, you know, five decisions, five main decisions, so that we get the completed product and we, we click confirm and send on the trade. You know, and that's what I want to do. I, I want that for myself first and foremost. But as we said, that is quite attractive to, you know, other people who are interested in um, you know, just finding opportunities on a regular consistent basis
0: well so as far as with with the antivest i mean are sorry are you are you basically teaching people the strategies and the methods or do you have like a signal service or
1: i've had a signal service in the past and i found that it doesn't work in the from the point of view as i want people to be able to feed themselves i know it's a little bit of a cliche but what i found was is people weren't understanding the methodology behind it. So they weren't getting the most out of those things. So I've done that in the past is, is the short answer. What I prefer to do is to show people how I do what I do. And there's a um, link somewhere next to this video. There's, I give two free strategies. The two strategies that I'm talking about, the breakout and the buy the dip, the, the, the semi-mechanical and fully mechanical process. I'll outline those in the, the link if um, in the description, presumably. And it's a 20-minute video. It takes you through both strategies. And what I prefer to do is show you how to do what I do. Because I think that's more important—that your self sufficient rather than be spoon-fed. And I always think back to my own experiences and kind of think back to you've read, and presumably you've read, reminiscence of a stock operator. There was about Jesse Livermore in the turn of like the nineteen hundreds, nineteen oh five, sort of era in the stock markets. And one of the things that he described, even you know, one hundred and ten years ago, was he fall prey to or fell prey to taking a, an alert or a signal off a fellow trader. And you're then reliant on when to get out, when to manage it, when to exit it, you know, all those decisions in between. And you're reliant on that person. And I had my own experience of that, where a friend of mine had convinced me to use my own money on his trade idea, but also to, to he would give me, say, 500 pounds. And I would, so I was using all my money, all my margin. And he he just wanted his share of the, the trade, and he didn't realize that there was margin requirements because we were trading a stock. but it basically convinced me to put all my money up on it, his trade idea. And I was completely dependent on him telling me when to get in, when to get out. And like at the time I was an experienced trader, but like I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't understand the logic behind why he was interested in this stock. And that's what I'm hopefully I'm trying to articulate. It's probably failing slightly. So I'd rather... Tell people, here's the system, here's the process, here's the list of stocks that this strategy works favorable on, here's all the market conditions that it works in, here's when not to use the system, so that you can have full confidence
0: mm-hmm.
1: that when you're placing the trade, that it's the right stock, the right trade, the right strategy, the right market conditions, and on average, you'll make money. That's more important to me than spoon feeding someone because you're just going to create more heartache and frustration if you give someone alerts without understanding or the knowledge behind why that's happening. Sorry, a little bit passionate about that. I've just had positive and negative experiences, mostly negative things with, with alerts. Uh, the the trade that I mentioned that was reliant on uh, making some money. I was quite a bit underwater and then for one day for one hour it was profitable i ended up phoning him and saying what we're making some money what shall i do i'm like sweating (laughs) like panicking you know and he go oh yeah let's take the profit you know because he didn't realize that like i'd had two margin calls on this trade (laughs) and and he didn't know that he didn't know that i've had a margin call he just sees that oh yeah just send send me my my couple hundred dollars over And i'm like really (laughs) he just wanted he just wanted his like pocket change is what it turned out to be but like you know that's what i want people to avoid you know that what shall I do in this situation? So, again, I'd rather show people what to do, why to do it, when to deploy a strategy uh, so that, you know, if I pop off this mortal coil, if I get run over a bus, if I relapse with my Crohn's and pop off tomorrow, then you can carry on without me. Is That, for me, is more important than, again, spoon-feeding someone without understanding of what's going on.
0: Oh, that's good. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I would prefer to help people be self-sufficient, so sure. Well, that said, and it's funny because I've actually, I've, I've had some, not people have one of those, haven't we? <laughs> and they were like, you know, but I, I you know, I, I've been using the signal service and I like it. And so. You know it
1: works for some people, you know, I'm not, it just, in my experience, the people, I, I, when I ran the signal, sorry, I'm ro- rolling over your conversation there. The way that I preferred people to think about it was, it was, an augmentation to the their analysis, like take it or don't take it. I was sending out an alert every day, or two or three sometimes. And he, here's all the reasons why. So I gave the full understanding of what they were doing. So just think about it as like done for you research. If it agrees with your research, go for it. If it doesn't, there'll be another one tomorrow. So more of a research uh, than a, a blind alert service. Sorry, what what were you saying about your signal service?
0: <laughs> no, I just. I and, no, and, and I agree with you. Uh, it, 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 I mean, that is one, one approach with it. The main thing I tell people is, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to use somebody else's analysis and, and their advice, you know, do your best to understand what their, what their strategy is. And so okay. they kind of understand the thought process behind it, but then always, as as with everything, test it out, make sure that yeah, it actually does perform over time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you can relax and be okay with it, but, you know, establish that, that proof that yes, it does actually work. And they, they, they do know what they're doing. <laughs>
1: That's why I like this, and what I can do is I just realized, like, John, I can show the 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 engine behind it if you want. Just to, it's just so I appreciate. I've just realized we're recording this. I always forget that we have visuals on the some of these podcasts. If you want, I can just give you the quick visual of the mechanical strategy. It'll take me about two minutes to go through. If you want, just maybe a nice place to finish.
0: Well, actually, uh-huh. you, we out of time? Let's start yeah. Just that. most people are going to be listening to this. Um, okay, like the the great majority of people are, they're you know like listening to it on their way to work how
1: about this for anyone that's listening i can send a two-minute video just send me an email and i'll send you a little video send me the stock that you want me to analyze and i'll show you the process and the strategy performance reports that come with it because at the click of a button i can just say hey is this type of uh, style of trading is it good or worthwhile on this particular stock and i can go back for the last 20 or so years and say here's what it would have looked like so that for me as long as i'm seeing a nice steady equity curve then I've got an expectation that that should continue for the next six or eight months as an absolute minimum. It's been working fine for the last 20. The next 12 months should be fine as well. And then I'll reevaluate that stock as whether it should be in my portfolio mm-hmm. for the following 12 months. So if anyone wants that, send me a message. You can get to me through the website and I'll happily look at uh, any stocks that uh, you want me to. Yeah. Um,
0: well, and again, your your website is antivestor.com. Correct. And yeah, and you said that you also have a, a couple of free strategies. It's got mm-hmm. the Short intro to your two favorites that you like to use. Um, Absolutely. So.
1: There'll be the two strategies that we focused on today. There'll be a full outline. Again, nothing held back, no catches, no gimmicks. Just need your email, and I'll send you the link for it. But the breakout strategy fully outlines where the entries, the exits, the stops, the targets, it's uh, focused on futures, uh, but it will work on other instruments as well. And then there's the mechanical strategy that I mentioned as well, the buy the dips and obviously works with the sell the rally, the opposite side, the the bullish and bearish. And that's the the, the 100% mechanical rule sets that was just described and that gives me the algorithm and all the strategy performance reports. So there's full disclosure on uh, all the rule sets that I'm using there.
0: Yeah, very cool. Now your 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 coaching that you that you offer though, you've got the you call it production line trading, right? That's the, the, the
1: process I generally refer to what I do as production line trading. Yeah. So everything that I'm doing is all encapsulated in that. Yeah.
0: But but how long does it take to get through that your training?
1: There are 56 three to five minute videos. The strategy, some of it's mindset, some of it's how to manage portfolio, some of it's other bits. But the actual strategy side of it is very short. You can probably get through all of the training in in an afternoon, you know, if you wanted to go through and it on you know one and a half times speed or whatever you want to do (laughs) i don't know how fast you listen to it you probably get through everything in a week if you're just doing it an hour a day so that's the 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 diy version the actual training side of it Uh, it's very quick to get through i've tried to do all in bite-sized formats because i don't want to spend two hours while i am a talker as you've probably gathered i've tried to be very condensed in the training that i do so you can just get here's the info Um, and if you ever need to go back to an element you can go i'm having a problem with this. All the titles are very descriptive. I can just dip in, get the three to five minute reminder, refresher, and then, you know, dip out to the the next thing that you want to need. I also provide, you know, ongoing support for as long as you want, um, you can send me a message anytime to get help support. And um, if there's a stock that you're looking at that you want help interpreting because maybe it's not as clear as what you think, or a setup that you're looking at again, most people, uh, most of my students send me, uh, Hey, I'm looking at this. What do you think? And I'll either give a thumbs up or some, you know, feedback and critique on, you know, what they're trading. So I try and take my role as a mentor very, very seriously just because people are putting their trust and faith in me to help them get results. So I want to be there for them and not be a you know, absentee, mentee, mentor rather. So I just want to make sure that people get results. and That's one of the things that I am very proud of. If you look at the website and any of the the recordings that I have, I generally post up, you know, what my students have done the previous week, just because because of the reasons that I mentioned, because it's a repeatable process and mostly rule-based, you know, my students generally get results quite fast. So I am very, very proud of that fact. Because there's no discretion. I think that, just going back to one of your early questions, you know, why do traders go wrong? It's, it's not necessarily that they go wrong. It's just that it's finding the right strategy in the process for them. And early on in your trading career, you don't want discretionary decisions. You want to know with clarity what you're doing and when you're doing it. And I think it's a great starting block to have a very rigid set of rules that you can check, 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 place the trade and then you can apply discretion later on should you want to but i think most traders make the mistake of starting with discretion but they don't have the experience to make those discretionary decisions because the clue's in the name it's discretion <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: very true very true it's a great place to start and again if you for me personally i'm trying to i've done it backwards i started off discretionary come up to rule based trading i just want to remove the emotion the should I, or should I have not taken that trade? It's just, it's either there or it's not a place to trade. Gotcha. Yeah. Very good. Selfishly, I want it for me first.
0: <laughs> well, that's very cool. And uh, you shared quite a lot. It's, it's been, it's been really good. And again, you know, for everybody, you know, if you want to catch up with Phil and you like what he's got to say and, you know, it resonates with you, antivester.com and go ahead and check out his site and what he's got there and yes yeah, as far as you know advice for our listeners any any you know last words of wisdom before we wrap things up here
1: uh, enjoy life life is worth enjoying you should not spend all your waking hours, certainly not flicking through chart after chart like a mindless zombie. Give yourself restrictions. The one thing that I've learned, I had a priest stand over me, give me the last rites. I, you know, I was very ill when I was eventually diagnosed. The one thing it did, and I think everyone who's had the, the recent experiences that we've had, and we'll just leave that hanging there, is everyone's had that realization. Find something to do outside of work, outside trading. It should involve family. It should involve fun and put it on the calendar. Like two or three times a week, I go and do something fun. Me and the wife, we like hiking. We like going to zoos and going to love, like seeing animals, having experiences, do something with your family. You know, and that's probably the most important thing that you can do, because if you're stressed, then that will come out in your trading, you know, so. Find time to relax and enjoy yourself. I spent last week at um, a log cabin in the woods. I feel so relaxed. I didn't realize I was quite stressed and wound up, but I feel so relaxed right now. And that's coming out in the decisions that I'm making, not just with training, but with life in general as well. So yeah, find time to have fun is all I'm trying to get to. I like to laugh at silly things as well. (laughs) Hence the the obsession with flamingos.
0: No, that That is sound advice. So kind of like in, in the book, the one thing uh, that was one thing I appreciated with that. They said, when, when you're getting out your calendar to plan the year, the first thing you put on it is your, is your vacation time.
1: He's off. Yeah. It's, so it, it's quite uncanny when you give yourself restrictions from something, the work points, you get more done. Um, and the more free time I allocate for myself, then the better I am at the other things that I've got to do when I'm dedicated to working whatever that may be for you but less less is more is the, again another cliche but you know who would have thought grandma was right to do everything in moderation
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed good advice well phil uh, again thanks for thanks for taking your time today and uh, thank you for having me you know sharing really all that appreciate it. you did. Brian, thank you appreciate it and for everybody listening you know again if you want to if you like what you heard uh, swing by a site andyvestor.com and you know if if you got any questions you know, by all means reach out to phil or me and other than that We'll see everybody on the next episode of the Consistent Profits Podcast. Cheers. Thank you for joining us today on the Consistent Profits Podcast, brought to you by Inside Out Trading. Make sure to swing by Inside Out Trading and pick up your copy of The Proven Formula for Consistent Monthly Profits. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe on your favorite channel, and we'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.